The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon with you and the usual crew with you as well. Brian Murphy, Eric Lopez. Sorry we're getting this one out late. A couple days later than usual, but it's been a wild, wild week. Um, Where were you this week? Uh, I was in Clearwater, Florida, Jeff. Oh, you too? You too? How about that? (laughs) Thanks for the invite, guys. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) Look, I, hey, look, I, I try, I, listen, I, I really did. I, 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 I tried to, I tried to get you the, uh, the the Uber down and it just didn't, they don't go to Clearwater apparently. I'm sorry, Eric. I really did try to get you. All right. Lots to talk about. We are pretty much all baseball in the first segment, and then later on we're going to talk about football um, and scheduling. But I want to dive in with baseball right now because, we're well, like we said, we just got back from the um, American Athletic Conference Baseball Tournament down in Clearwater. You can hit us up at blackandgoldbanneret.com. We're also on facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret and Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. Um, follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. Follow, follow Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy and follow this podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in, uh, leave us a rating, give us a comment, let us know how we're doing, and uh, you can also leave comments with us on our uh, on our website as well at blackandgoldbanneret.com. Guys, let's dive right in. All right, so last time we talked, it was um, it was the final weekend before the um, American Athletic Conference baseball tournament, UCF. Um, needed a little help in that last series against Tulane. They actually pretty much kind of got it. They won two games, then the third game got canceled um, because of weather. But the Knights were the um, fifth seed in the tournament, and they were two and done. They lost to the fourth seed, 15th ranked East Carolina, um, eight to four in their first game on the first day. And then they lost to Houston at 9 a.m. the following day. Um, A little bit of background to this. So, with this tropical system or subtropical system or whatever the hell they're calling it that's heading our way here, here in the state of Florida, the American Athletic Conference made the unprecedented decision in its history to, instead of playing one game at Spectrum Field in Clearwater the entire at one time, they had two games going on in two fields each time. So they went from having three games to six. So they called me up to go call some play-by-play for the games at Robin Roberts Field down in Clearwater. And I was down there for, I did five games in two days as to, um, at Robin Roberts Field, um, which is part of the four-field complex in the outfield. Ran into you, Murph, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Usually I do, the, I do the Memphis games because Jeff Brightwell has to do Memphis radio, but Memphis got knocked out. So I was thinking I wouldn't go down to Clearwater this year at all. And then this whole thing went down, and I, and I headed down there. So... Um, I actually did play-by-play of the Houston game, a 6-2 to two loss for UCF. And pretty much everybody, Murph, that I've been talking to, um, everybody, everything that I've seen on Twitter, the message boards, social media, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, um, everyone, is, it, it's, it's like dark times at UCF land as far as baseball is concerned. Even though they're 35-21, and 13-10 in the conference, um, 
Yeah, and uh, Eric Lopez, by the way, interestingly enough, has a really good piece up on Black and Gold Banner that we're going to talk about here in just a second, Murph. But let's just let's just dive in real quick on the tournament because two and done against two pretty darn pretty darn good teams. You know, I I, I hate saying I half expected this, but I kind of half expected it. Do you? Um, I guess kind of, but it just was it was really disheartening in in different ways really like game one they get out to this three nothing lead in the first right and then and then it's kind of a comedy of errors they go three for 17 with runners on base they they uh, they have you know their typical errors in the field um it's a game that they sort of feel like they blew and then in game two which against houston game one they lost east carolina game two against houston they just sort of got outplayed, like they got beat by a better yeah. team. Like it, it Houston's wasn't like the one seed, man. I mean, that was that was what was supposed to happen. The ECU thing was a disappointment the way they started out, but um, yeah, but like, but also like Houston actually, if you just, I know they're the they're the one seed in the conference, but in terms of like quality of team, I I, I think that ECU is 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 better than Houston as a as a as a, as a, as a they're a better team. Uh, well, we found that you know, out, Houston, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they came back and and certainly, I mean, they just they deserved to be in the in the uh, they deserved to beat UCF that day. But it was just it was just disheartening. And then you know, again, I think the common thread with this UCF team right now is you really don't know what to expect offensively. Um, you know, in their last I think twelve games, they've scored I think fifty runs, which ain't great. Uh, and other than you know, so you got Ray Alejo's been hitting well. Dallas Beaver's been okay. You know, but Rylan Thomas has been hanging under 200 for about a, a month or so. Um, and then, you know, Tyler O'Six okay. Matthew Mike is okay. But it really, the bottom of the lineup is really, really, it's been poor, just flat out poor. Um, and they really need their pitching to hold guys to three or four runs to have a chance. And uh, in both games, they couldn't. And, and so here we are. Yeah. Um, it just, but it, it does leave with a, with a, with a, a really a, um, a, a slight margin for error when they needed to win games. But, um, the fact is, people look back on this series now and say, "Well, what are the tourney chances?" And I'll let you sort of set that up if you would like. Well, yeah, I mean, that's well, that's the other thing though that was going on was you know after you know we talked with Lovelady after the game and and he, I'm, I'll be honest with you, he sounded pretty pretty downtrodden. Here's here's the sound with Greg Lovelady yes. following the Houston loss. It's tough, you know, in that situation. But, you know, you just got to be able to get the big hit, and they were able to hit a couple home runs. And again, when Heiser hits one to the warning track. Micah, the other one, has went to the warning track. Um, had a guy on second, you know, with chances, and we just couldn't hit the two-run homer or, or get that big hit. And, um, but again, defensively, I mean, infield played great, turned a couple double plays. Willie pitched well. Again, it, we didn't give him any what five hits, I think, and five and two-thirds. He just two big home runs. You know, that's just baseball. So, um, you know, you're not. I think more frustrated just with the situation we're in, probably than than the loss. Now, real quick, before we get into the the tournament resume, um, you know, Houston got themselves to the semifinal, defeated um, ECU in the first semifinal game, but then ECU knocked them off twelve to one Friday morning. Um, we're recording this Friday evening, and they will and ECU will face uh, UConn in the championship game. UConn walked off mm-hmm. against USF to knock off the Bulls, so. 10 a.m. Saturday um, in Clearwater on the American Digital Network, ECU against UConn for the um, American uh, Athletic Conference Baseball Championship. It's the four-seed ECU against the three-seed UConn. Um, <clears throat> but back to their uh, – but, it, you know, 
despite all of the um, you know relative kvetching out there, um, mm-hmm. Lopez, uh, you know, this is you put up a great piece on the Banneret, if I say so myself, as the managing editor and publisher um, of um, evaluating UCF's true chances here in getting to right. the NCAA's, and uh, and you said that. Their resume this year is stronger than it was in 2014 when they were <clears throat> basically the first team out. And um, solid RPI, the Americans' RPI as a conference is solid. Good strength of schedule, 10 wins against top 50 opponents, a, a slew of good wins against the top 50, only two really kind of bad losses. Um, I don't know. What is their chance of uh, of still getting into the tournament despite being two and done in Clearwater? Well, I think it's a lot better than a lot of people think. <laughs> it's funny because you know I, I heard the lovely you know, com, you know comments there, and I talked to UCF fans and uh, and the mess, and you would have thought the season was over. Like there was like, well, we're done. Shoot, and everyone was like, this, yeah, we're finished, right? I couldn't, yeah. right? I couldn't find anybody that said, yeah, no, we're fine. And I'm like, wait a minute, and, and you know. I've been in this situation before, and I wrote about it on the, in the article. In 2012, I was with UCF softball in Birmingham for the Conference USA Tournament. And they had just gotten swept by Marshall, and they lost in the quarterfinal game to Houston, a team they had swept earlier in the regular season, lost them in the quarters. And I remember just talking to the coaches. Everybody felt, ah, oh, we blew it. We blew it. We can't believe we blew it. We, we should be in the tournament, and we just blew it. And that was the tone going into the bus ride. We bust back from Birmingham, in fact, to the point where uh, the staff, they agreed not to meet up to watch the selection show. Like, not wow. that they, they, they just didn't feel confident they were going to get in. And I remember, you know, I in the bus ride, I started doing some homework. And I started looking at the resume because we beat Florida that year. That, we, that was the game where McKenzie Otis as a freshman shut him out. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of doing my projection. That was... That was the first year I actually started doing projections for softball because nobody had done it really uh, at that point. So, so I'm doing it during the bus ride and, and working on it. And I noticed that, wait a minute, I know who the last few teams were battling with and we have better resumes than them. We had a strong schedule. We've beaten Florida. We've swept Houston. The league was good that year. And I remember that year Marshall played uh, Tulsa for the conference championship game. And I told the staff, look, we need Tulsa to win this game. If Tulsa wins this game, we got a shot to sneak in because I felt strongly about the fact that, hey, we could be a three seed in Gainesville and play USF. And they kind of, you know, but they obviously Tulsa beat Marshall. So that helped. But they were still kind of skeptical, like, ah, you're you're crazy. What are you talking about? You know, and I showed them what I had. Fast forward to the selection night. I get my phone is blowing up. Are we in? What do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, Gainesville or bus? Gainesville or bus? And, of course, Gainesville is the last bracket it's announced. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Because why not? And we were the last team in. We literally got in. We played USF. We were one of the last teams in. And it was because we played a tough schedule. We beat Florida. And and we just had a good resume to get it. We slipped in there. So the lesson learned here, here's the thing I learned from that. And I've seen this. This, I've covered – I've covered 12 conference tournaments in softball. And I've covered a few – a couple of college baseball ones. But they're all – the every sport's the same. When that when you are when that game ends when you're eliminated whether it be single elimination or double elimination there is that sudden feeling of it's over there just is there's just that vibe that's over like unless you know unless you win the regular season or you know that you you have a great right like a you know you're a power team in the top ten or top twenty but 
you're thinking it's over because you blew it. You know, you lose two games. You didn't play well. The fans feel it's over because they just, that's the last image of the team. So everybody has this negative, but if the committee does their job, the committee doesn't just say, okay, you went 0 and two, you're out. Um, so I started looking right. at it from a baseball standpoint. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this team like going to be eliminated from the NCAA tournament? Because they lost two games, by the way, they lost to a team that potentially will probably could win the conference tournament and host in the NCAA tournament, by the way. Very good team. Yeah. Let's just give him – let's tip our cap to Cliff Godwin. I mean, Cliff Godwin knows what he's doing. This is the second year in a row East Carolina has made it to the conference tournament final. They were a super regional team a couple years ago. And then you lose to the number one seed, Houston, who won the regular season title. And, oh, by the way, they just so happened because they were playing Tulane, they probably got too cute. They saved their ace, a former, you know, the former pitcher of the year, Crumbie, for you. Yeah. It's Trey Cumby, like Trey, Trey Cumby was, um, right. you know, initially a little hittable, but you know he did his job in that game against a team that, by the way, UCF I think was I think I saw this in the statistics was last in the conference in uh, average against lefties this year. Right, so it was a bad matchup. So it's weird, and this is the thing about conference tournaments. Sometimes you, you know, even though they won those two games against Tulane, I would it, in a weird way, and it helped them. In a weird way, being in that bracket, I thought hurt them. I mean, everything went wrong. They played a tough East Carolina team that I don't think was a good matchup for them. And then Tulane upset yeah. Houston. Right. So now you got Houston. Um, the good news about that, though, is those are not bad losses. Those are two good losses. If you would have lost, say, to Tulane, mm-hmm. or you would have played a Wichita State or a Cincinnati and you lose, now you're like, oh, this could not, this may not be good. But as I looked at it, and you could go in detail in the league, in the resume, UCF's got one of the 29th strongest schedule in the country. The committees love that. They love if you play a tough schedule. It's one of the best schedules in the country. Uh, They've got 10 wins against the top 50. To put that in perspective, okay, Clemson, Clemson, who's the best team in the ACC, is probably going to be a national seed. You know how many wins they have against the top 50 this year? 10. Hmm. Stetson, another national host team. You know how many wins they got against the top 50? Eight. Stanford who's the number, probably going to be the number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament on Monday. They have eight wins against the top 50. My point is, 10 wins is not anything to sneeze at, and it's quality wins. And, and that's yeah. what I always said. When they lo- even though they lost the series to UConn and they lost to USF, and I know it was frustrating, the positives was, and it sounds weird, is they didn't get swept. They still got a quality win on the road, and that does, it, you know, that does help you. Now, you need some things to go your way. In other words, one of the things that helped them was Wichita State got eliminated early in the conference tournament. You did not need Wichita State or a Tulane or a Cincinnati to come out of nowhere and win the tournament. Uh, you kind of need that to be, you know, in a couple of these other leagues that are current going on as we speak. That's the biggest thing you have to worry about because if teams steal bids, now the committee's got to take something away and they might say, well, maybe we'll just take it away from this team in the American Conference instead of taking it away from a team in the SEC, for example. You know, those are the things that if you're UCF right now, you have to worry about going into Monday. But from a resume standpoint, they're very good. And the reason I brought up 2014 is because a lot of fans uh, at, brought that up to me because I said, look, geography is their, is their friend. We're probably going to have three teams in the state hosting regionals. UCF can bust to that. Committees love that. They want to put teams in buses. They don't want to pay for flights, okay? And some of the people were suggesting – Oh, well, that maybe that's why, uh, you know, that in 2014 they got left out. Well, I broke down their resume. Their resume was inconsistent. 
in 2014. Yeah. yeah, they had some quality wins, but they had some terrible losses. They lost to Presbyterian. They lost to Bethune-Cookman. They lost two out of three to Central Michigan. They had a ton of losses that kept UCF out, and they only had five wins that year and against the top 50. And that's something the committee has been consistent. Last year, UConn didn't get into the field, even though they had an RPI in the mid-30s. <clears throat> Excuse me. They had five wins against the top 50. So they do look at that as far as how many wins you have in the top 50. So that's my case. I feel optimistic, pretty good, that they're still going to sneak in. I think they're a three seed. I don't believe they will be in Deland because I think it's a situation where I think a USF has earned the right to be in Deland as a two seed, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think UCF will be a three seed playing probably Jacksonville, a team they were supposed to play in Jacksonville but got rained out. Yeah, it's... You put in this article I thought was you know interesting the list of the teams that UCF has to look at um, yeah. and and be and I'm just going to read them off to you South Alabama in the Sun Belt three Sun Belt teams actually South Alabama UL Lafayette and Troy Michigan in the Big Ten Louisiana Tech in Conference USA Georgia Tech um, who has the is the only team out of the whole group that you listed that has a stronger strength of schedule. Then uh, UCF, Arizona, and Washington, both in the Pac-12, and also Illinois in the Big Ten. So these are all teams that, you know, this weekend you're going to have to schedule watch. But Murph, I'll go back to you. Um, you, know, you were just telling us off air that, you know, you're, <laughs> that here you are watching the Big Ten Network to see what's going on. Um, <laughs> what do you think is the situation here with this? And, what, and percentage likelihood that everything breaks UCF's way? Because it's not just those teams that UCF has to look out for. It's also, does someone steal a bid this weekend in the conference tournaments, right? Right. And so you've got to watch, you know, obviously the big tournaments like the Big 12 and the Big 10 and, and the ACC. And, and actually, I can piggyback on a couple of things you just said. Um, tonight, uh, Georgia Tech and Michigan were both eliminated in their respective tournaments. And that probably it's good for UCF, bar none. Uh, so that helps. And then you know, like, obviously you're watching those big tournaments, uh, where, you know, in the big 12, you don't, you really can't, you, you know, TCU is still alive. You don't want to see TCU win at all. And, and, you know, the big 10 Illinois is a, a big bubble team. You don't want to see Illinois win it, but then you go to like, you know, the big East with St. John's St. John's still alive. They, they need to win that conference tournament because they might get in as an at-large if they don't. And that means, you, you know, that's a one-bid league that all of a sudden is now taking two if St. John doesn't win the tournament. Um, and the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina, most likely. I mean, they're facing Troy, uh, you know, but you really want Coastal Carolina to win that bid and keep Troy on the bubble because Coastal Carolina is a lock. Um, in the Missouri Valley, Dallas Baptist and Missouri State, you want one of those two teams to win it to win. Most likely on Missouri State. In the A-Sun, Stetson or Jacksonville. Right now, that looks pretty good for Stetson. But you want one of those teams to win. All I'm saying is, if those teams don't win their conference tournaments, then automatically you're going to have a bubble team that falls off the cliff. And at this point, we don't know where Yusuf sits on the bubble. Only the selection committee does. But you've got to imagine that they are at least on the bubble, close. So you're trying to avoid as many landmines as possible. Right now, with two long days ahead of us, things have broken pretty decently for UCF in these other tournaments. The teams I've just mentioned are still alive, um, but there are possible bid stealers out there. I think in the colonial um, Northeastern might lose 
And that's big because Northeastern might actually get in that large bit out of the colonial. Exactly. Um, they're, exactly. they're still a lot. They're still alive, but they could be eliminated. I think by tonight or tomorrow, they, they already have one loss. And there's another team in that, in that conference, I think Elon that has not lost yet. Uh, that would be a bit stealer. But so I'm saying is we've got a long way to go, but for right now, it's, it's, it's been looking okay, but you got to look at these other tournaments and look at these other teams and make sure that, that teams that are going to be in stay in by winning the conference tournaments. But uh, we got two long days to go. Yeah. I want to throw in a couple more, by the way. Rice, Wayne Graham and his swan song. Believe it or not, he's doing it again. This guy, Rice, always finds a way. They're a win away, as we record this, from playing for the Conference USA Championship for the automatic bid, which is what they need. They cannot advance unless uh, they win the tournament. Southern Miss is the one seed there. They also are one win away from a championship. We're probably going to get a Rice-Southern Miss championship game. If you're a if you're a bubble team, you're rooting for Southern Miss because if Rice Absolutely. wins, that's mm-hmm. a bid. And another thing that I think helped UCF, Miami was eliminated by Clemson mm-hmm. on Thursday. That was significant because the one thing I did worry about, and I actually, uh, I'll go be you know a little inside baseball here. My original draft, I had a big I had a paragraph about the Miami factor, and the factor is that Jim Morris's career is done, like he's retiring. Uh, Miami had won eleven in a row prior to the Clemson game on Thursday. Miami had worked themselves to 28-25. Had they beaten Clemson, they would have been in position to win their pool and advance to the semifinals. And at that point, they're probably a couple of wins away from winning the time championship or at least being in the conversation if they even if they got to the final and lost about maybe sneaking into the field. Maybe the committee gives them a, a going away present retirement gift to Jim Morris and get in. And that was my biggest fear is if Miami got in there, I think that would have possibly been at the expense of UCF because, my, you know, that's another Florida team. You just take one Florida team out and you put another team in. Uh, that's why, it, and you brought it up, Murph, good point. In the A-Sun, you're rooting for Stetson. You do not. Absolutely. Uh, you're rooting for Stetson to win the league. You don't want a North Florida, you know, anybody yeah. else. I think Jacksonville is going to be in regardless. Uh, but that's the, those are the things you have to do. And that's why it's frustrating when you go into a tournament or you lose in the opening round of the tournament, it is a drawn out long week because it's a helpless feeling. You have no control. I mean, you're basically at the mercy of watching all these games and hoping for certain results and hope that that works out in your favor. Uh, I mean, and, and here's the thing. The other reason is you want Stetson to win. If Stetson wins, that just keeps improving that UCF win that they had during the midweek. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, If you're UCF, as weird as it sounds, you want Florida to do well in the SEC tournament. You want teams that you played yeah. to do well. It's going to boost uh, their RPI boost and, and boost their resumes too. Exactly. Florida State, even though you lost to them, you want them to do well. I mean, that's just how this game works. So uh, good news that Miami – got eliminated by Clemson. I don't believe with Miami's resume, which was 62 and seven win. I can't see the committee giving them a reward considering they left them out last year and ended their consecutive streak of making the NCAA tournament last year with a better resume. So I don't think UCF fans have to worry about Miami, for example, stealing a bid from them. Uh, so you just got to hope you just, the only thing now is you got, as Murph said, you got to watch out for those steal bids and you got to hope that the committee is not one of these committees that has a cap for each league. In other words, oh, we've determined that we're only putting four in from the American, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, I think the American is deserving of a five-bid league. They're the fourth strongest and possibly could have two teams hosting regionals. That's how good of a year the Americans had. So, And I think all of that, being in a strong league like the American, helps UCF in this situation. Well, we find out on Monday, that's when the selection show uh, will take place. 
Um, rapid fire answer before we go to break. Um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being a lock, one being no no chance. Each of you guys, what are the chances UCF is in the field and sees their name called on Monday? Murph, we'll start with you. Six and a half. Okay. Consciously optimistic. I will go. I'm going to go eight and a half. I feel good about it. Eight I really do. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say. Brian. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say Murphy. seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. I'm going right. to go. I am determined that Brian Murphy needs to get a Gainesville media spread still in his in this, before this year's done. Still in his All future, right. I'm telling. You. Now, right. now is it is it is it, is it different than football? Because I've had the football spread. Oh yeah, you man. guys. Well, I actually media spread. It, it, My God. Yes, yes, it is because the <laughs> okay. dessert. Is this is why people hate the media. <laughs> Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey, just just pardon our side. This is important news. Yes, I literally stick. I stayed Very in important journalism happening right here. I stayed, in, I stayed in Clearwater on Wednesday for a game I didn't care about, only so I could eat free food. That's the only reason the I stayed. I will, I will say that the, the sausage and peppers, once again, on point. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it was... Now, I mean, I mean, the the, month, the the Tuesday morning we got there was eggs, bacon, waffles. It was pretty good breakfast bread. I don't know what the lunch spread was because I missed it. And then the second day... I missed the first two spreads because we were on the backfield, and right. I didn't see any food for the backfield. No, there was no so, food back there. You had to you had to trek yes. back for it. So, so but, I scrambled back to the main stadium. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeffrey. I don't mean to interrupt, but I definitely do mean to interrupt. <laughs> I, that's why I scrambled back to the, to the to the main stadium to see Wichita State and UConn, which I don't really care about other than seeing Alex Baum for a, a couple of the bats. But they had like Philly cheesesteaks, which is you know this is the Philadelphia Philly Spring Training Complex, so they're pretty good. You gotta have the chop. You gotta have the chopped cheesesteak, not the sliced cheesesteak. That'd be chopped. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, macaroni and cheese, and this, uh, some sort of Caesar salad, and they had cupcakes and cookies. And, so yeah, I mean, that's all the only time I was there. But we had a, I mean, we had a good time. I had a great time in Clear. I was there for thirty six hours. I had, I, you know, got a hotel room, um, spur of the moment. Did five baseball games. Um, saw some amazing, amazing players this year. I, I thought that the talent level this year in the conference was excellent. There's some teams that look like they couldn't get out of their own way, but we're going to find out who the champion is uh, Saturday, 10 a.m. Make sure you tune into the or log on to the American Digital Network. Jeff Brightwell um, and Garrett Wolverd will have the call of the championship, 10 a.m. ECU uh, in the championship game once again, uh, and they will face UConn. Great matchup. In those two, and then right Monday now, we, yeah. and then Monday we'll find out what happens with uh, UCF. So, um, the two teams, by the way, that could host, right, uh, right. So we'll see in regional. So it's right. big, big. Uh, yeah. Let me real quick because I asked Murph this before the tournament. I want your opinion on this. I'm not talking about uh, popularity or, or financially because obviously football, men's basketball brings in a lot of revenue and things like that. Just talking about on the field product. If I were to say the American Conference's best sport is blank. Which sport do you think it is? Football. I mean, yeah, I think it's a little. And again, baseball's I don't know. second though. I, baseball's clearly second. I see. I got baseball ahead of football because you're looking at potentially. First of all, you're a third best conference at one point, fourth best conference currently. You could have potentially five of your eight members in the tournament. Two teams that could host and be threats. By the way, you could have multiple teams as threats that can make a run to Omaha. Uh, you don't have that in football. You have, I mean, there, there's not. But that's being that's not that's not because of the quality of the league, though. Let's be honest. I disagree. I disagree because 
You look at football. If you broke down the American in football last year, for example, I think UCF was very good. I think Memphis was very good. USF's okay. They were good, but they didn't beat anybody. They had a great player. Some would argue they underachieved. Then what? What else? Navy? Eh, all right. Houston was in a rebuild. The East, the rest of the East was garbage. Like, I think baseball's got more quality. SMU's got a good offense. I think you're underrating USF there as much as it pains me to say. Who'd they beat? They won their bowl game. They came, they came damn close to beating Ooh. us. Um, yeah, well, that's a rivalry game. But, I mean, they see, didn't, if you look at their resume, they didn't beat anybody. They didn't impress anybody. I mean, they're good. I mean, I'm, they're fine. But, like, I think East Carolina baseball is better than USF football. Oh God, that's that's so apple it's so apples and oranges. I don't even know what to what to do <laughs> with just, that. I just, I just want I just wanted to blow Brian's mind right now. That's really well, what yeah. I because want. here because here that's I right. am all geared up to, to to talk about UCF baseball, and I'm currently looking up UC, USF's 2017 football no, schedule no. for no reason. Wait, well, well, it's well, it actually works out. It's a good segue because we're going to talk about football when we get back from the break. But. Um, <laughs> And and specifically, also interestingly enough, USF. <laughs> to be honest with you, is, is going to be why the I kind of brought him up. Starting actually. point. <laughs> so we'll uh, when we return, we'll, we'll actually have an update for you for some from some of the Olympic sports out there. We're rowing, tennis, and golf, and uh, we'll talk a little football scheduling when we return. This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Back after this. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash we sell Orlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, blackandgoldbanneret.com. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and Brian Murphy with you. Follow us at UCF underscore banneret and facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. All right, before we get to the football news that I want to talk to you guys about, I got some um, uh, tennis updates to pass along to you. Uh, the uh, On women's tennis, the... Uh, 
doubles team of Maria Martinez and Ksenia Kuznetsova um, came up short in their um, in their NCAA Division One women's tennis doubles matchup. Um, but still, the fact that they were uh, that they were there, seventeen and four record this year um, as a doubles team, amazing. They were forty seventh in the um, in the national doubles rankings as a team. Uh, so another uh, feather in the cap of um, not just head coach Brian Canico, but the entire tennis program, and a job well done by those ladies um, as well. In men's tennis, uh, another doubles team, Corey Lovett and uh, Iro Vasa. They advanced to the second round of the NCAA championships, um, but came up short against uh, Martin Redlick and Evan Zhu of UCLA. Uh, the, they were the 29th-ranked doubles team um, in the country. Um, love it, and, uh, and Vasa fall uh, in the second round. But again, first time in men's, men's tennis program history at UCF that the Knights sent a doubles pair to the NCAA championships. Um, and they knocked off Virginia Tech in the first round, a pair from Virginia Tech. So, um, uh, so congrats uh, again to those guys for an outstanding um, season as well. Rowing news: uh, they are they just finished their first day of the 2018 NCAA uh, championships down in Sarasota at Nathan Benderson Park. Uh, follow UCFKnights.com for the um, latest updates on them, Varsity Eight, and all that. Uh, and all the races are streamed live as well on UCFNights.com. And, uh, and also men's golf competing in the NCAA championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Keep an eye out on that uh, as they compete in the uh, team championship as well. All right, so let's get to the thing I wanted to talk about before we go here. And that has to do with football scheduling. And uh, we touched upon it last week. And then the news broke that uh, USF had inked a three-game series, uh, two in Gainesville, one in Tampa, with the University of Florida. It's for 2022 in Gainesville, 2023 in Tampa, and 2025 in Gainesville. So so the Bulls making some noise uh, in the scheduling. Now, Eric, you kind of hinted upon it before the break. Uh, but but I think we should, uh, we have to give uh, USF some 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 props here. Now, the the debate from the UCF side is well that if they want to hurt their brand that's fine but um but the, but the whole the whole idea well here's here's the thing here's here here's what here's what the conversation from the UCF side is saying number one okay um you know we we're not going to do two for one at UCF and that goes back to the George O'Leary days George O'Leary was like I'm not doing two for ones anymore. Uh, yeah, and that's end up with South Carolina and right. Texas. That was originally a two for one, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but then he said, "I'm, you know, at, at a point he said, I know, I don't want to do, I don't want to do a two for one. You know, you, you, I'll I play do, you, you I'll, play me. I'll be, now, uh, now here's, step, I'll, I'll, I'll do my guy a favor and play a one road game and then play a freaking neutral game in Ireland. Thanks, right. George. Well, here's, well, here's the other part about that was, um, <clears throat> the other thing was. Um, that one of the reasons why they believe um, Florida agreed to this with USF was because um, Raymond James Stadium, you know, all seventy some thousand seats of it is going to be filled with blue and orange uh, for when the for when that game in twenty twenty three happens in September. Where uh, whereas the, the big teams like uh, the big three, if you will, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Uh, even though Miami came to uh, then Bright House Network Stadium, now Spectrum Stadium, about uh, a few years ago, I think it was two thousand and nine, 
um, Florida, Florida State, they don't want to come to um, Spectrum Stadium because it's too small. Uh, at least that's what they're. At least that that's the claim, right? Uh, in other, which is another way of saying they don't want to come to Spectrum Stadium because they won't be able to fill it with Florida fans the way that they will be able to fill. You know, what, don't be so Ray sure, J. Man. So, um, so the idea was that well, so everyone was kind of deriding USF when they're like, oh, congratulations, you play two games in Gainesville, two games in Gainesville, and then a neutral site game in your own supposed home stadium. Um, here's my thing. I think the whole, you know, home home and home thing, I, I just think is a bad idea for us to set because we're seeing the Power Five teams, so-called Power Five teams, right, separate from the uh, from from the group of five. You know, uh, an official with USF who I spoke to in Clearwater called it the the autonomy five, which I think is a really good way of putting it. But let's wow. be but let's be real. Okay, USF has three games scheduled with Florida. They played Florida once in 2010, got beat. They played Miami six times, lost five of them, won once uh, back in 2010. And they played Florida State four times and won once there. That was in Tallahassee back in 2009. Um, you, so adding it up, let's see, four, six, that's ten. Plus one is 11 and three more on the docket. So that's 14 games through 2025 with uh, Florida, Florida State, Miami. UCF, on the other hand, has played Florida State once. That was back in 1995. 46 14 right, loss. Smith, Dante Culpepper, mm-hmm. baby. Um, yeah, Dante was a freshman that year. Uh, they yeah. played Florida twice. All right. One, the uh, first one was in 1999. 58 27 win for Florida back then. Uh, the most recent time of forty-two nothing uh, win for Florida um, back in two thousand six. Did I say a win back in nineteen ninety nine? Fifty-eight twenty-seven loss in nineteen ninety nine for UCF. So, so a combined score to, a combined score of one hundred to twenty-seven in two all-time matchups in Gainesville. Uh, and UCF has played Miami twice. Both of them uh, losses. Once uh, down in uh, the old Joe Ravi. In 2008, 20-14 win for Miami. That was a close game. I remember that one. That was a, Joe Burnett had a great mm-hmm. game there. And then a 27-7 loss to um, – yeah, that was an ugly game too. 27-7 loss to Miami in, uh, in Orlando in 2009, game that uh, I, think, I think we all were at, actually, if I'm not mistaken. And for a long time, I yeah. think it's still – I don't know if it still is, but it's one of the top um, attended games in, uh, in Spectrum Stadium history. So – for UCF, let's see. Two, two, one. Five way, games. There were, Miami, there were a lot of Miami fans in that game. A lot of Miami fans. I remember that. So, five, so, so five like games. The, so let's not act like we're going to keep them away. If you, right. you know, I, I don't. Here's the thing. Yeah, five games for UCF I, against the big three compared to 14 for USF if I, you include the three that they just scheduled with Florida. I so, think UCF has to has to bite the bullet and start scheduling two for ones. I, I, I just, it depends on the opponent. It depends. I think there's a tier of opponent. Like for example, I don't have a problem with what USF did with Florida. That's what you got to do to get Florida in the schedule. And I think Florida teams will be willing to, one of the things that Harlan has done at USF is he's taken a negative, right? The negative on USF is you don't have an on-campus stadium, right? You're playing in an NFL stadium. Well, what he's now figured out is I'm going to attract a Florida or a Florida state to come here because it's an NFL stadium, and teams like to play in NFL stadiums. You can use that for recruiting. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of Florida fans in the freaking stadium. Guess what? USF's going to make money out of that. Who cares? It's money. 
And here's the thing. USF has nothing to lose in those games. If they win, they make their program. If they lose, they're supposed to lose. All the pressure is on Florida. Florida really has nothing to gain from playing in those games, to be honest. So Theoretically, for- if UCF played those three teams, you could say the same thing, though. Agreed. Agreed. But I think where I disagree with USF's philosophy is I would not do a two-for-one with Louisville. Like, why would I want to go to Louisville twice and have them come here? Who the heck is Louisville? I would make that should be a home-and-home. Home. And I think that's where some of the gripes are valid. I think USF agreeing to a two-for-one with Louisville hurts the league because now you're like, every other team's going to be like, well, we, why would we want to play a home-and-home home with you when we could go for two-for-one? And you're thinking to yourself, who the heck are you to ask for a two-for-one? Um, to me, I think there's a tier. If it's an Ohio State, the Alabamas, the Floridas, the Florida States, they can call the shots. But I think teams like Louisville and North Carolina don't get to call shots and then because they don't really matter. So that's kind of how I would break it down. And I would say this. I think it's the other way around. If I'm UCF in the future, I would never go back to FIU. Never. I would never play in that dump. If FIU <laughs> wants to play UCF, come down to UCF and play there. And if they want to play a neutral game, fine. We'll play it. Figure it out. Let's play at Hard Rock. And I would say the same thing to FAU. So I think it goes both ways. I think you have to be creative on your scheduling. I do agree with that. But I'm not going to fault them for wanting a home-and-home home either. I don't think you should just bend over. I think it depends on the opponent and the situation. Here's what USF has in 2022. You ready for this? Out of conference, they're home for Texas, at Louisville, and at Florida. I will bet you money they will move that Louisville game or buy themselves out of that game. I think they will move that game. I don't think that schedule will stay that way. It'd be great. I'm all for it. I just have a feeling that that game will get moved to a later date. Murph, it, it are, is. I can't think that that Brian Murphy or, or, or Brian Murphy. I, I, I can't. I can't think that for myself that that Danny White is 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 not calling FSU and UF and Miami and trying to work something out here. Yeah. Um now I know that 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 everyone keeps very tight-lipped on that kind of thing. So no one has any inside information, but UCF is not ducking these teams. So is this a case where are they right is is the on-campus stadium really what's keeping Florida and Florida State from from playing UCF? No, I mean, are we sure that, that these teams are not agreeing to play UCF because they're afraid of, I mean, I, I don't want to be too bold here, too much of a homer. I really don't consider myself a homer. Are they, are they just not taking UCF because they think they might lose and that would that would be a bad look? Well, I mean, USF has a, to, to be honest with, to be fair, right? USF has yeah. a better track record. They've already, they've already defeated um, Miami once and they've already defeated Florida State and Tallahassee once. Uh, yeah, but last I checked, uh, you know, South Florida didn't exactly like win the Peach Bowl. Fair um, point. <laughs> it's a it's it's like like well you know well you like, know Auburn like, Auburn didn't really want to play that game as they say right. Lol. Lol. Somebody somebody ring somebody ring the gong. Somebody get Jeffrey off stage. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's like in terms of like, like, why would you what's the what's the good in playing UCF at their place right now? Other than like, you know, like we might lose that game like that. That would kind of suck, like at least against USF. Like 
you've got a team that's got some flaws. And I, I know these games are five years down the road, so who knows what happens. But like in terms really, of like what these pro- what these programs look like all- now is like, yeah, UCF is better. Yeah, but we're overthinking this. I mean, no, again, if USF had an on, let me ask you this: if USF had an on-campus stadium right now, I guarantee you, Florida doesn't make that date. They don't make that schedule. They don't. They wouldn't go there. It's because it's an NFL stadium. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, both this question. If Florida State or Miami called UCF and said, hey, we'll play you, but we're, we're going to play one game here at home, at our place, but we're not going to go to your campus, but we're willing to play you at Campy World Stadium under Florida Sit for Sports, what do you say? And yes. I think that, <laughs> I, I think some people would say no, and that's the, that's the dilemma here. Some people would say, no, we don't. We want to play all games at home. Some people say, yeah, sure, why not? I'm personally okay with it. Florida State, by the way, just recently agreed they're moving their home game against Boise State to Jacksonville for 2019, and then they're going to go to Boise to play in 2020. So it wouldn't be the first time. But I think that's what it is. It's about, okay, if we want to play you, we're not going to play you on campus. at We're going to play you at a big stadium. Yeah, we want more of our fans to get there. You know what? What's wrong with that, by the way? What's wrong with yeah. that? I don't have a problem with that. And I think I think that's the philosophy. Let's get as many people there. Let's all make money. <laughs> at the end of the day nothing wrong with that because everybody makes money in that deal so now, now i think an, that's more the issue now here's an interesting point that i wanted to make all right there is a plan for usf to build an on-campus stadium um there as far as the year that it might open there if everything was thrown in was thrown full throttle guess what year that they would open that stadium 2022 2022 yeah but i want to you know i want to bet i want to bet you here that florida would say no 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 we agreed to play at raymond james we're gonna play at (laughs) james otherwise Mm -hmm. we're we're not playing so i I guarantee you that's part of the deal that would be that i guarantee it uh, that would be interesting that would be that would be really something if if it did happen for usf and look um i'm all for like every team in our conference playing the hardest schedule possible because if they take care of business and UCF takes care of business, you know, and then UCF beats them, it looks good for UCF, right? I would tell everyone every year, I was like, they say, well, you, right. they, they say, well, Oh, I love the- it when USF losses loses. I'm like, I don't, I want, I want them undefeated. I want them undefeated coming into our game every year because that looks better for UCF when UCF beats them. Right. Right, I agree. Well, look at last year, the USF game. Okay, it was a great win. It was an exciting game. How good really do we know USF was? They didn't beat their best win. Murph said this off the air. Their best win, non-conference, was a bad Illinois team. They didn't beat anybody great in the regular season. That hurts. That hurts your perception. That hurts the league. It's fair or not. That's just the way how it's judged. So I, I think that would help if... You, let's say UCF's playing USF that year, and USF knocks off Florida. Well, now you beat USF. That looks better for you. Looks better for the league. Looks better for the resume. Looks better for postseason. That's just how this stuff works. Um, so I agree with you. I think I'm always a believer. You go go play the best. And if you play the best, you're going to get your respect. I mean, look, the reason why Boise State is probably the flagship program as far as the, the program that people kind of compare to as far as group of five is because they went and beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, but then they went to Baltimore. I think it was the, where the Washington Red Landover. They went to Landover, mm-hmm. beat Virginia Tech. They went to the Georgia Dome, beat Georgia in the regular season. They went to play these teams and and play them and win. And that's how you get, that's how you get the respect. You beat them in the regular season. 
The reason why people were Tom Herman in part is the head coach at Texas is because Houston beat Oklahoma in Reliance Stadium. Guess what? That wasn't on campus, but Houston said, so what? We want Oklahoma. We'll play them at Reliant. So I do agree with you. I think there's got to be a flexibility. And I think I think everybody is. I think everybody's flexible on their schedules. I think don't hold people to every single word. Of course, if I was Danny White, I would say the same thing. I want a home and home, period. I want I'm going to come from a position of control and leverage. I'm not going to come out and say, hey, guys. We're going to go play everywhere. We don't care if you guys don't come here because then you lose any leverage or, you know, oh, okay, we'll take you up on that. So I think everybody's just posturing and, and, and putting themselves in position to get themselves the best schedule. Obviously, ideally, you want home and homes, but sometimes that doesn't work. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I would I always love seeing. Oh, I don't think anybody's UCF wrong. Trying in this, to, by yeah. the way. I don't think anybody I don't understand why we have to criticize USF. Like why I, I'm not I criticizing laugh. USF. No, I'm, no, I'm not, praising them. <laughs> no, no, not you. Other people, right? I, I laughed when people were like snarky at them because they got a three games with Florida. Like Because they're USF, that's why. I mean that's that's the reason. Who cares? Why, okay, like, okay, so, but anyway. get, what, what let me ask you something. How about worry about you know the old saying goes, worry about yourself. Why are you worried about what other people are doing? Like, who cares? Yeah. I, I love how we get obsessed with over what other people are doing. Like, last week, everybody was obsessed because Alabama scheduled a home and home with what, Texas and all that stuff. And all we're, we're upset. Just worry about yourselves and yeah. let's see how the schedule plays out. And time will tell, you know, how it plays out. Right. But, geez, people, like, settle down. Like, I think USF Florida is a good thing. Look, Florida, I can tell you for a fact, they don't play Miami, by the way, in the regular season because of this issue. They don't play home and homes with Miami, they don't want to do it. It's amazing that USF was even able to get them to play a game in Tampa. I mean, right. that's that's what you have to do. I don't blame Harlan for doing it, and they're going to you know benefit. But I understand where Danny White's coming. There, there is a possibility that both sides have a point. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the next time that uh, Danny White has a schedule announcement for UCF football because hopefully it'll be something we can do. And I don't think it should be. I don't, I don't think they should, UCF should be shy at all about playing in the uh, in the Citrus Bowl. I don't understand why. Uh, some UCF fans are crapping on the Citrus Bowl, which, you know, granted, it's not the same stadium that it was when UCF played there. Let's just be real. And if you think it is, you're just flat wrong, and you need to go there and uh, check it out. Just, so. there's, there's people that are bothered by yes, I I don't care. I, I, you know what, guys? Uh, it's like, come on. Just enough. All right. Anyway, let's wrap I this feel, thing. I, 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 feel like Eric is so, I feel like Eric is so close to saying a word that would give us all a drink because <laughs> we, we understand the terms of our drinking game here. Eric. Now, what would the what, what would the adjective be for fans who are complaining about USF? I mean, I, I feel like there's a certain adjective here that you should use about this. This is not fans. this is not oh, fair. No, 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 no. We're, they, no, you can't. No, that's not part of the drinking game. You can't. No, that's no, no. <laughs> that's a penalty flag. No, baiting. that's yeah, that's that's baiting. baiting. You can't do that. It, it, it only have. It's like it, it, that's like mm-hmm. that, what. Remember, you can't do that on television. No, you can't get slime for that. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this up, uh, Murph. Um, what do you got coming up? Uh, what do you got coming up this week, Mister? Uh, all of a sudden, you're the beat writer for the for UCF baseball for the Orlando uh, Sentinel. Not I'm, bad, by the way. I've been I've been reading your stuff up there, man. It's great. I didn't hear that whatsoever. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, if uh, if UC, if UCF doesn't get into the tournament, I will certainly have a post mortem on this team on the site uh, next week. And uh, if they do get in the tournament, who knows? Because I'll be going somewhere. Uh, one quick note here. Jacksonville's down 6-2 in the ninth. I know you guys won't hear this till tomorrow when this game is over. But Jacksonville loses right here to North Florida and eliminates Jacksonville, which is fine because they're going to get it anyway. 
But now North Florida will face Stetson starting tomorrow and what could be a double header. All Stetson has to do is beat them once. North Florida has to beat Stetson twice. If North Florida does beat Stetson twice, that's a bit stolen. So go yeah, Hatters. Yeah, hey. yep, go Can Hatters. Can you believe it? Go Hatters. Huh? And uh, Lopez, what do you have going on? Other than your piece that's well, already up right now on Black and Gold Banner at yes, which is very please good. Go to Black and Gold. Yes, please go to Black and Gold Banner. It's a good way to get you ready for Selection Monday, which I believe is in the morning. I think it's like 11 a.m. or noon a.m. or noon. Yeah, it's usually noon. Uh, that'll be on ESPNU or ESPN2 on Monday, Memorial Day. It's been a big part of the tradition. But, yeah, go to blackandgobanner.com. You can see my article, and I break down UCF's chances of making the term, which I think are very good. I compare them to po- the potential candidates, the fellow bob- uh, the fellow uh, bubble teams that they might be going up against. Um, so I think it's a really good read from that standpoint. Uh, hopefully you get to check it out. Uh, as by the way, it is a noon Eastern on ESPNU on Monday is the right. selection show. So make sure to know that. And I also want to announce uh, next week I will be going to Oklahoma City for the nice. first time ever. I will be covering the Women's College World Series for FastPitchNews.com. So I will be flying out Wednesday. I know we normally record Wednesday. I don't know what our plans are tra- uh, as far as recording next week with the baseball situation, but uh, depending on when we record, I might next time I'm. On here, I'll be at Oklahoma City covering the Women's College World Series, which gets going on Thursday. So I'm excited to cover that big event for FastPitchNews.com. So that will be a lot of my content in the next week or so. It will be a lot of softball stuff with the postseason and uh, coaching moves and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it, although I know part of me feels like by me going to Oklahoma City, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to land on a plane and, in Oklahoma City, and a big UCF news is going to break. I'm going to get a text from Jeff about an emergency broadcast right. or or just to come on and talk about this major controversy. And I'm like, oh, great. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, hey, lots of people to thank. By the way, I want to thank um, Scott Railing and everybody at L2 Productions. And I want to thank the folks with the American Athletic Conference for um, – uh, for, for first of all, <laughs> allowing me to do those five uh, baseball games this uh, week at Robin Roberts Field. Um, it's always an honor to work for them. They do such a great job behind the scenes, and you guys don't hear about it, but um, you know Chuck and Nick and everybody and Scott and all the guys, uh, I mean, it just thanks so much for the tremendous experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, and big props to them for getting this tournament in as they did by moving those games to Robin Roberts field. It was, um, you know, it, it was, let's be honest. It was, it was a real logistical, um, heavy lift, but they got it done. And, uh, and yeah, so it should be a good championship game on uh, Saturday. And it's a good thing that they're going to get that in before the weather comes into Florida. Thanks to you guys. Once again, uh, job well done. And I'll be, uh, <laughs> Eric, I'll be listening to you on fast pitch news and Brian, I'll be watching your stuff on the Sentinel. We'll be, uh, what, Taking it, uh, taking in uh, Monday selection Monday, um, I guess I, I guess online together on Twitter, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we're all on so, Twitter. And uh, I want to thank also uh, Sam Unger and uh, the Unger Real Estate Group for their support. We sell Orlando.net is where you want to go for all of us here at Black and Gold Banneret. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Make sure you catch us at blackandgoldbanneret.com and follow us at UCF underscore banneret. Follow Brian at spokes underscore Murphy. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. And follow us on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. For Eric and Brian, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. And we'll probably be catching you Monday for some NCAA selection talk. Till then, catch you later.